Welcome in, golf fans. My name is Joe Idoni at Tour Picks. I'm here as a partnership, man. Me and my buddy David Barnett from At Tour Junkies are here to talk a little bit of live golf picks and preview. Season two starts this week, David, but let's knock this one out of the park um, right off the bat here. Let me tee it up for you. Why are we doing this show, David? We're going to catch some heat for it. We know we will, but but why are we talking about live golf? Listen, I mean, Joe, first of all, really happy to have you doing some stuff with the Tour Junkies this year. Uh, love your stuff. If you've not already checked out Joe's show on Preferred Lines, YouTube channel, Twitter at Tour Picks, all that good stuff. Joe's the best. Also helping us out in the Nut Hut this year on absolute fire with the head-to-head picks and the placement picks. What's your record right now, Joe, in 2023? Uh, I believe now we're at 25-8 and on the season, I think. I think. We've been blazing in there, buddy. Dude, they're going to come knocking on your door. FBI is coming to your house if you have another blazing week like that. So giving the people the goods. In terms of live, you know, Joe and I talked about this a little bit last year. Um, You know, neither one of us are like – huge live homers we're definitely not i mean i prefer to watch the pga tour prefer the format love the players but i think as we're talking about it you know we're like man you know DraftKings is going to have odds up these books are going to have odds up there's dfs contests there's money to be made and you know joe and i we we do golf betting and gambling content and if if those places are going to throw up odds and people can bet on it and make money then we're going to handicap them. Like, whether you like it or not, if you don't like it, you don't listen, you don't bet, that's fine. Um, but, you know, that's that's our job. Like, that's my full-time job is to, you know, do golf handicapping. And, and so it's professional golf, and it's golfers that a lot of people do like to watch. You, you know, I think some of the, the, the narratives around these guys are washed up and all that stuff is bull. Like, it's complete bull. Joe and I were talking today, like, I miss some of these guys. I miss seeing them play. Now, would I rather see them play on the PGA Tour? Yes, I would. Um, but I was telling Joe, this is kind of funny, but like, you know who I kind of miss the most? Sneaky. I, I miss Joaquin Neiman. God, I just love Joaquin Neiman. I'm a hardo, degenerate golf gambler, and so I, lo- you know, I, loved, I always loved Joaquin because I felt like he was a killer. He had all the, the, the you know, all the tools that he needed to win a tournament, and I'd always get him at like 40 to 1 or, or longer, right? So, I mean, I miss Joaquin Neiman. You know, I miss seeing Dustin Johnson hit a golf ball. I miss seeing Cam Smith just be greasy around the greens, right? So there are some of these guys that I actually do want to watch. I want to watch them play golf, and I think a lot of other people do too. But for the most part, like, you know, there's not a lot of people that are going to cover it from a betting standpoint, which is fine. And um, Joe's right. We're probably going to take some, some heat for it. But again, this is not like, us saying, you know, we're going to carry the live flag all, you know, and, and just be the biggest. No, we're actually today, tonight, we're going to start off making fun of them because they, they do some funny stuff. But, yeah, you know, we're in the business of handicapping golf. So that's what we're going to do. If you don't want to bet on it, you don't have to bet on it. You don't have to listen to the show. But DraftKings, all these other books are putting up odds. We're going to talk about it. Um, and I think the other thing, and maybe you can speak to this, is you and I both went to an event last year. You know, yes. you, you went as a, as a, cause you went to one right in your backyard with your family. You took your, your little boy, your wife, and you had a slightly different experience than I did. I, I went as a member of the media to see kind of behind the scenes, how the sauce was made. We have friends on live. I didn't mention that. I mean, Charles Howell, the third and HV three are friends of ours. Like we text them, we talk, we, Pat grew up with Charles Howell. We're still friends with these guys. Um, so I kind of did that, and we both have those experiences that we're going off of here. 
Yeah, absolutely. Look, I, I think you nailed it. Um, I'm a big proponent of like staying in my lane and understanding I don't know everything. So my lane right now is trying to handicap and predict and having fun with professional golf. And this is that, right? My lane has never been like the political landscape or the social ramifications of this thing, which I understand are there. And those will, some people will immediately tune it out because of that. Um, Like you mentioned, we're in the business of covering professional golf and this thing is evolving constantly. The world of professional golf has changed more in the last 12 months than it probably did in the last 20 years. Um, This thing is evolving. We're at season two. They still have some of the best players in the world. They added some depth to their roster. They're trying to make changes. You mentioned we both went to an event. Like I, I, there's parts of it where I felt lacked a little bit of the competitive spirit that I maybe wanted to see as a fan. But there were also parts of it. My son was six years old, absolutely had the time of his life. We go to the Honda Classic every year. I'm going this week. I'm probably going to bring him on Saturday. He'd much rather go to live golf Miami. My wife as well. Like they had a great time. They make it a family experience. I think that they're starting to sort of embrace what they are um, and who that they're gearing their product toward. And maybe it's not like Hardo longstanding golf fans who are sweating it out on 8.30 a.m. when their guy's 2.30 over par on a Thursday. Um, maybe it's trying to embrace some of this family stuff. But ultimately, I think, DB, you nailed it in. We're going to cover this thing. It's still some of the best players in the world. We're still going to see them now, I believe, is has been confirmed at all four major championships. If it yeah. hasn't been confirmed at all four, they're going to get into all four. Yeah. The majors would be stupid to not allow these guys to play this event and have the giant ratings boost of PGA versus Live at their tournament. Um, they'd be fools not to. So you're right. We're I want to make it clear that like we're not um we're not members of like the live golf team we're doing this because we like talking about professional golf yeah. and that's what this is and that's kind of what we're here to bring to the people yeah i'm glad you said that yeah just so we're clear live is paying us nothing okay yeah well, they're paying us nothing and um you know i i think you bring up an interesting point with how they run their events i was i was looking i saw something on social media today uh, something they were doing. And, and listen, some of their stuff, some of the concerts and some of the parties, they look very, I mean, they look outlandish, they look crazy. But being on site at a tournament, I do think, you know, if you enjoy the waste management, right, Liv's not necessarily going to give you the waste management every week. But Liv is a hell of a lot closer to the waste management every other week of the year than the PJ Tour is every other week of the year, and maybe that changes. But the vibes at a live event are very different. And I think you said it well, like, mm-hmm. is our dad going to want to go and watch it? No, he's not going to like that. There's music playing during a tournament round. I remember, you know, walking with Charles Howell at, at, in Miami in the practice round and going, Hey, does the music play during the tournament? He's like, yeah. And I was like, how do you feel about that? Like Charles, you, you know, Charles in his forties, like you, you've been yeah, playing golf a right. long time at the PGA tour. Are you okay with that? And he's like, you know, it's kind of weird the first, the first like week or so, but now I kind of like it. Like I listen to golf on, I listen to music when I play at home. My kids listen to music when they play. You know, I kind of like it. It's not super loud. It's not like, you know, drowning out anything, but it just kind of gives a level of volume and it relaxes the atmosphere a little bit and say what you want about it. I mean, it, it is a different vibe. And, and to speak oh. to, because I know, I know this is going to be one of the first comments because you just said this is, this is a professional golf tournament. The thing you see on, on social media is this is an exhibition. This is an exhibition. And, you know, I hate the, the, you know, the, the 54 holes. I hate tournaments that don't have a cut. And that's straight mm-hmm. out of my, my degenerate gambling heart. I, I, I would much prefer a cut, okay? So I don't like it. But 
I hate to tell you, like having been there, I saw these guys in practice rounds grinding because you know why? They're getting paid. They get paid a lot when they win. And they, yep. they, they're still very competitive people just by nature. Yeah. They're competitive. And I think even more so now, there, there's some of these guys that are going to have an extra chip on their shoulder because of the live, you know, what, what's, what, you know the, the, the perception of live. Um, yeah. I think a lot of these guys who are playing the Masters are going to want to be tuned up and ready to go to Augusta National. I think oh it's going to be yeah. a fever pitch when you know some of the best players from Live are trying to win the damn Masters, like, and they probably want it more than anything, like more than yeah. any other year before, if that's even if that was even possible, right? Um, so I, I disagree. It's not an exhibition. It is no. It is different. I, it is different, and I don't love some of the the boundaries they play in. But this is professional golf at a really freaking high level. Yep. Um, totally agree with you there. What I saw was um, guys going out there and trying their best, guys working on the range before and after. It was not, it wasn't showing up with, uh, you know, a Corona, like trying to, <laughs> it, it, they care, right? And like, it, you could argue that, it's even more motivating for them. You, like you said, when they pull into Augusta, because they made this decision, they have to take the heat. They, they know that a lot's riding on it and this is their chance to kind of show out. So I think that these guys um, are well-prepared and they're professional athletes and they're used to a PGA tour routine. Now, has that changed a little bit? Sure. But does that mean they're just showing up here off of two weeks on a family vacation to, to hit a couple balls and make a couple million? Um, I don't believe that to be true. No, I mean, HV3, when I asked HV3, I was like, dude, be real. Like, are, are you, do you take it as serious? Um, and he's like, bro, they still give you a $4 million check if you win. Like, hell yeah, yeah I take it serious. Like, as serious as HV3 takes it. Because, I mean, he's, if you've right. hung out with him, if you've watched him play a practice round and watched him play a tournament round, like, it ain't much different. Like, he, he loves to have fun. So, um, yeah. you know, but they're still, they're still playing for a lot of money that they, that they make if they win. And these guys clearly want the money so they're, they're playing and they're competitive and they want to win uh and they want to put out a good product so it, it's it's not an exhibition to me is that me kind either, of the man. housekeeping right, so stuff before we get into before we get into kind of the gambling odds and i'm going to talk a little bit about el chameleon which we have some familiarity with which is interesting that they sort of nabbed that course from the pga tour as well let's start with a, have a little fun to start this thing off and and we're not afraid to to you know, I, look, I'm not afraid to poke fun at the PGA Tour at all. No. So we're certainly not going to shy away from poking a little fun at Liv. Um, let's start with a little segment. You know, I just thought of this on the fly, DB. We're going to coin this segment, Live a Little. Mm. You mm. like that? I like it. I like it. All right. I see what you So did I'll let you start. Um, give me like just something fun or, or comical that you found from sort of uh, the Live Golf content that you've seen put out there this week. Dude. I mean, okay, last week we had the team rebranding stuff. And yeah. listen, you're, you're kind of a brand guy. Like, and you have such a good eye, Joe, like your graphic design abilities. And you don't give yourself enough credit for them, but they're pretty damn good. But you work in like the branding and marketing space. I've, d I've dabbled a little bit in that. Uh, I mean, damn. I, I mean, our, our logo is a blind squirrel. Okay. So we're, I'm all for having a slightly irreverent golf brand. For the life of me, I don't understand how people sat in a room and, and agreed upon range goats. I just don't believe it. And then st whatever Bubba's going around saying about, like, stay grazing or something, yeah, yeah. That, that actually does play into the idea that you guys aren't really taking this very seriously. A range goat? Why do you want to be 
And then, like, what did they try to say GOAT stood for? It was actually, I remember when Bubba was like, um, golfers on a team. What? <laughs> like, everyone knows GOAT is greatest of all time. I remember when I was watching that video last week for the first time, I'm, he's literally saying it, and I'm like, oh, he's about to say greatest of all time. And then in my yeah. mind, I'm already going like, why would you want to be the greatest of all time on the range? That doesn't, I don't get that. And then he's like, golfers on a team. The fuck? What? That made no sense to me. And then the logo, that one is weird, okay? That one's weird. But for the most part, if I'm honest, like, I kind of think the rest of the branding, at least, is an upgrade from what we had last year. I mean, last year was clip art. Yeah. It was clip art. Totally. What are, what are your thoughts? You're the, you're the, um, the well, brand. Well, I wanted to ask you, too, about, because I saw you tweet this out earlier, about the, the thing where they're doing, like, a generator to pick <laughs> oh your God. favorite team. Because right, I thought that was hysterical. Dude, let's, let's get into this. I think this is the most. Whoever brought this idea up, they, they need to be fired. Or they have pictures on somebody. <laughs> There's some sort of blackmail situation going on. I think this is the lamest idea, possibly, that Liv has come up with. I'm going to share the screen. <laughs> Okay, find my team. So if you go to live.com and you're just, you know, I don't know, you're a 12-year-old boy and you're like, I want to be a fan of somebody on live. I don't know who does this. I don't know which person does this because if I were to find my team, I want to know, I just want to see the players and I'm going to go, oh, I like yeah. those guys. I like those guys. And I kind of like that logo. Sure. Um, I, might, I might rock the goat on my, I don't know. But this is amazing. So let's just walk. I'm going to try to go through it quickly. In fact, you know what I'm going to try to do? Let's test this, Joe. I did a right. TikTok and an Instagram reel on this. And I, I did my actual selections, like what I would choose. And it spit out a certain team. And it literally couldn't have spit out a team that was captained by the player that I am on record for the last three years of absolutely just hating okay and it spit him out so now i want to I, so I want to hit the same buttons and see how accurate the the t the team picker is okay so here we see go if it's just totally random yeah select my team uh oh wait a minute hold on where's where's the damn thing hold on i've already messed this up hold on select my oh, team. you oh you team. did already have a team team picker oh yeah my bad okay start now okay what motivates you <laughs> okay there, we could we could do an entire show on this, Joe. We really could on this slide. It's gonna right be here, hard yeah. on all this. It's gonna be hard for me not to 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 make this go quickly. I just said winning because I like winning money. I I want to win money, so I'm gonna win. I'm gonna do win. I'm gonna go next. All right. What animal do you most identify with? I I said stallion because my wife refers to me as a stallion. Okay. Yep. I mean. Which shot gets you out of your seat? This one, I was like, literally none of them, unless. It's like Tiger, and it's, a, it's the moment that gets me out of my seat. I mean, I can see a great putt. So I just went with spectacular save because I, I, do, I, I do find myself maybe more impressed with, like, wizardry around the green or out of some really terrible lie. So I went there. This one, how do you celebrate a winning putt? Composed wave? And they put a blonde chick from an American yeah. Eagle ad just doing this? What are we doing? <laughs> And then these two boys, I don't know what they're doing. This guy looks like he's from he's a villain from a Marvel character. What are these boots? I don't understand Does any he have of this. Pants on? Is it Peter Pan? Is it I? I don't know. So I went with fist pump because I thought about okay, if I make a good shot on the course, what do I do? I, you know, I give it one of those. So I, I did yeah, the fist pump. Yeah, that ain't even a fist pump. There, it's not. What is he doing? <laughs> is he getting ready to ascend? Okay, pick your ideal golf course. This one, I was like, okay. 
Well, the only one I've ever freaking heard of is Mayakoba. I did. I know they played Cedar Ridge last year, but I didn't watch it. So then I was like, well, ideal for me is the one that looks wide ass open, so I can just not worry about losing golf balls. So I went with the Grange, wherever that is. Shout out. Which color speaks to you? And it's spelled the the other way. I don't know. I'm a red guy, so I, I, that, this one was easy. I love anything in red. This one, what's your golf shirt style? I mean, I think you could kind of tell if, you, yeah. if you've seen any of my content. Uh, so I went with you loud. What music gets you in the zone? I, I like this question. This is a good question. Yeah. Easy question for me when I thought about it as it relates to golf. So for me, it's, it's hip-hop. I, 90s hip-hop, Tupac, uh, Dre, um, getting into 50 Cent, Eminem, that, that kind of stuff. How this is going to help me determine how to pick a team, I literally have no effing clue. Had this been like an, an, an Orgain milkshake or something, I would have been like, oh, I know where that's going to take me. Or I don't know. But I'm, I'm from the South. I like the pulled pork. I, I want the barbecue. So I did that. And yep, this is what yep, I gave There me. we go. Class is in session, DB. Literally my most hated captain of this whole organization. <laughs> now, the, the redeeming value here is that uh, Charles Howell III is on his team, and he's a good friend of yep. mine. So I, I am very torn because CH3 has been so good to us. And he's such a good dude, but he's on Bryson's team, and, and it just freaking kills me. But I am glad to see that the picker is staying true to itself, and somehow that combination of picks means that I am most compatible yeah. with the very golfer that I have absolutely on more than anyone in the last three years. The uh, interesting, interesting set of questions there to help you pick a golf team. 19th for 19th hole should have been four different drinks, right? It should have been like a beer. It should have been a whiskey. Like, yeah, it should have been a vodka soda, by the way, and like in a white claw or something. What's your, uh, you're not drinking any podcast juice tonight. Are you, this is, um, I'm having a little Anejo tonight. little tequila. I like that champions retreat class too, buddy. buddy. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, okay, so here's my thing. Drink. Yeah. Um, so they, I believe, I'm not sure if this is every team, but they have started to implement team uniforms, DB. And I've seen this with a, an Alan Chipnuck tweet of the Majestics mm-hmm. today. I saw it with a Sebastian Munoz uh, Instagram reel yesterday um, where gonna- they kind of had team uniforms. And I think, here's my thing on it, DB. I think everyone's going to make fun of it, but to be honest, I don't, I think it's kind of a good idea, dude. It's like, if you want people to understand who's on whose team, like I'm thinking of, uh, you know, cause I was at Miami in the team championship and my wife and my son and all like everyone else walking around, like the sort of, I don't want to say like the frat boy crowd, but there's a lot of that at a live event. Like they had no idea who's on what team besides like a little logo on the caddy bib. I actually like this idea now with, with anything with live, the execution I think is, is a little bit half-assed, but which is wild. If you have $4 billion that you're going to spend in two years and you do anything half-assed, they should have sick uniforms, yeah. <laughs> but I think it's kind of a cool idea to like have them out there in, in team uni. So you could tell different parts of the course, like who's on torque. Um, I think that that is a good concept for them. But I thought it was interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see how it's implemented and if it's every team or just ones that choose to. At this point, like, don't you think you have to, if you're Liv, you have got to now, like, 
realize, and maybe they already have, like, you really have to differentiate yourself greatly from the PJ Tour and lean heavily into the team thing. Because yeah. now that you're not drawing the top talent that you said you were going to draw like last fall, last winter when Greg Norman said they were going to have seven of the top 20 players in the world, they didn't do that. Yes, they added some depth, some nice depth. Guys that I wish hadn't left. Like, I, I, I hate to see Mito Pereira go, right? Mm-hmm. In a very strange, sadistic way, I've been doing this since 2015. I'm going to miss Brendan Steele. Like, a part of me is going to miss losing money and also being excited about Brendan Steele every single week because I'm, I kind of find myself playing him a lot over the last eight years. I don't know. It's very weird, but it's what is it Stockholm syndrome where you fall in love with your abuser it's maybe that but I I don't they've they've got to lean into they're not going to compete with the PJ Tour in terms of we're going to have the best players in golf you're not doing it anymore you're you're not doing John Rahm's already won freaking 10 million dollars this year like those guys are staying so uh, you do have to lean into the team thing and I think we can make fun of the uniform thing and it's interesting and maybe are they doing it as a response of guys that have that have lost clothing deals like Sergio and DJ losing Adidas deals and they're saying well we'll just do uniforms and that'll make I don't know which one came first chicken or the egg there but I do think leaning into the to the team thing more in the uniforms is interesting I think they should do something too with the pairing situation like it would be cool to see maybe like two yeah. teammates and play together with another two not that it's like alternate shot or best ball but I don't know, like something with that too. I just think having them all like spread across the golf course randomly doesn't make a lot of sense, but I, I don't know. I think you're right. They yeah. got to lean into the team thing. I think that like the biggest question mark that I think most skeptics have besides the off the course stuff, the biggest question marks on the course is um, like we kind of touched on off the bat, like these guys aren't competitive. They're showing up for a guaranteed payday and it's hit and giggle. And I think their easiest lane to dispute that because people don't care about the money. Like casual fans, I don't care if he's playing for four million. It means nothing to me whether he's playing for four million or four hundred thousand. But the team aspect of it is their sort of way in to make people believe that this is actually competitive. Like I want to see some shit talking. Like I want to, I want to see them really sort of embrace this aspect. And the more I think that they talk about it, and the more that you see that it it is important to them, like finishing it, the fourth guy on your roster, if he's going to finish in 40th place or 30th place is oftentimes the difference in what you see in these teams winning like Pat, like DJ was great, but oftentimes it was like a late run from Pat Perez that lifted the, the aces over the top or whatever it may be. So it does require your full team to play well. And I think these guys leaning into that more and more and the uniforms is just a part of that will help kind of, um, negate some of those thoughts of that it, it's not a competitive league. Yep. Yep. I agree. I mean, I threw up a quick picture there you were talking about. There's, so I think this is, uh, what team is this? The Majestics. The, the Majestics. So there's the Majestics. I guess we can't get a good look at the front there, but yeah, Alan Shipnuck posted, uh, posted that picture on Twitter. Yeah. Caddy and players are both supposedly going to wear those and they all have matching bags now, which, which is cool. Like if you want to do teams, make it a team. I, I get yeah. it. every other team sport has uniforms. Yeah, I think they've got to do a better job, too, of, like, staying consistent. Like, the team, the rosters need to be consistent this year. They don't need to be back and forth. There have been some moves, obviously. Uh, They need to be consistent. And I think Liv needs to do a good job up front this season of kind of explaining, you know, as they acquire new players, like, how that happens. Like, the the insides of how that happens would be interesting. Um, 
I had heard last year from Charles that trades were a thing or possibly going to be a, a thing between teams at one point. Who knows? I mean, I, I just think they really have to lean into that whole concept. Yep. Show us. Like, I want to know. Yeah. Show us the behind-the-scenes stuff, like hard knock. Like, I want to know yeah. how Taylor Gooch got cut from the four aces team. Like, how did that happen? Was he traded, or did just like a live golf higher up be like, you're on this team this year? Um, so I think showing us that kind of stuff. But um, let's talk about the course a little bit. Okay. So we get El Camilion. They snagged basically a PGA Tour regular long-standing stop which is kind of nice for us from a standpoint because we have some familiarity with it. We know what it takes to succeed. And I think that was a little bit of a hurdle for a lot of people last year in betting live is the unknown factor of the course. They weren't real um, upfront early with like how it's going to play with stats and rough and yeah. greens, you know, all this kind of stuff that we like to get into. Uh, we get El Camilion par 71, just over 7,000 yards. Greg Norman, architect designer of the golf course which i think has probably has something to do with how they got this one um but we see it all the time coastal past palum greens which are very unique and and oftentimes very slow there uh, we get the the you know cave bunker that we see every year the three par fives uh, i believe we're going to play a little bit longer this week it looks like on the live scorecard than we had on the pga tour scorecard which should be totally reachable. But like El Camilion is a place you got to be in the fairway because they have that like mangroves and stuff yep. like that, that you get a little bit offline and, and you're reteeing, but your ball is gone. Yep. Yep. Old, old, the old mangroves, right? Um, yeah. Very yeah. familiar with this place. Uh, Russell Henley just won it in the, uh, in the fall. Yep. Um, but yeah, there's some names in here in the field that have done quite well at this golf course. Now, unfortunately from the days on the PJ tour, we never got shot link data. So, uh, yeah. you know, we don't have strokes gain metrics or anything like that, but I think you're right. I mean, it's not a course that you necessarily have to be long on. It's certainly going to help. Um, could, could get a little windy or breezy. I haven't really looked at weather conditions. I probably should do that. But, um, yeah, other than that, I mean, you just better make a bunch of birdies. Better make a bunch of birdies. Um, 150 yards. It's like a huge range here. Probably why we saw Russell Henley win because he's fantastic with like a wedge nine iron in our hand. Yeah. Um, but we've got odds. So we have odds for not only for the individual outright winner of this event, but interestingly, um, they've got odds for the sort of the team portion. So, you know, starting at the top of the board and in, in the individual markets this week, um, you've obviously got DJ, you know, uh, right at the top off the bat, you got Dustin Johnson. Your boy Neiman, second on a lot of the odds boards. I know there's some some varying lines out there, but Joaquin Neiman obviously getting a lot of love this week, followed then by by Cam Smith and Abraham Answer, who has great course history. There you see the DraftKings and Bet Online both have numbers up here. This is from Data Golf that you're looking at now. Um, but those are your, essentially your guys inside of 15 to one this week. Are you surprised at all, DB, that that Joaquin Neiman is essentially a favorite over like the number five player in the world, Cameron Smith? <laughs> yeah, it it is a yeah, little. Me too, uh, dude. It's a little jarring, and I've already mentioned what a big Joaquin Neiman homer I am, but I, I guess, I mean, he's got a little experience around here. I finished T5 in 2022, T23 in 2021 uh, when it was a PJ Tour event. And, um, yeah, I mean, that, that is a little jarring. I, I wouldn't bet it. I mean, I think I would, I don't think I would do that, but, um, yeah. Yeah, but I don't, I don't bet favorites anyway. But it is, it is strange to see. I think, let me, let me say this, too. I think you saw this. And I, I didn't even, I mean, I'll be honest, I, I probably watched a sum total of 
two hours of live last year, like the actual coverage. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe three. I don't know. Um, and and I, I you know I did go back and look at like the winners and kind of how things went. I definitely think there's something to the new guy. Do do you agree? Like last year, yep. it felt like anytime they got somebody over from the PGA Tour. Those guys came over first event, chip on the shoulder, ready to prove it, and played well. I, I, and I, I wish I could remember the examples that I'm talking about, but I'm pretty sure that if you, if you go back and you look at the leaderboards from, from past live events, you would see those guys pop up. And in this case, you have the benefit of the, a lot of these new guys that have just come over, they've actually already played in 2023 competitive right. tournament golf, with the exception of, I think, Mito. Um, so, so I'm very interested to eyeball some bombs that are coming over from the PJ Tour and want to prove it. They're, they're getting their first start on live, uh, and they're excited, and they, and they want to do something. I, I think that's, that's an interesting place to start looking. Thomas Peters is the shortest one we see. Uh, looks yep. like 22 to 1 on Bet Online is the longest number, 16 to 1 on DraftKings uh, there for Thomas Peters, who did he play? What's he, has he played? Let me look at the world golf ranking. Do you know off the top of your head if he's played uh, DP World Tour events already in 2023? Yeah, he's played a couple. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't have, you can pull him up there, but yeah, I know I'll that he's played up. a couple. But I think um, more to your point, I totally agree with you. Like, I think um, that was kind of my strategy, and I didn't necessarily get it right last year, but last year it felt honestly like um, it was either a guy at the very top, like DJ, yeah. um, or you kind of wanted to go in that bomb range, which yeah. we love betting. I mean, we saw Charles Schwartzel win the opening one. He had come off a couple of nice PGA tour starts right before that first event in London. Um, Henrik Stenson is another one that came to mind of a guy who was playing kind of through that Florida swing and, and not playing great on the PGA tour, but then made the jump, right? He caught all this shit because he was no longer the Ryder cup captain. And he kind of gave that up and then he shows up. Uh, in 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 wins and live at like a hundred to one, I think in Bedminster. Yeah, so there you go. That's there a, were, that's a good example. Yeah, there were a couple of those last year. I do think that there's something to you know. So when we get going in the season and these guys start to get more tournament reps under, I I think it may be a different scenario. But right now, I think there's totally something to Sebastian Munoz, to Mito Pereira, to Thomas Peters. Um, to these new, to Brendan Steele, frankly, yeah. these new guys yeah. who have come over, who have played three or four PGA Tour tournaments through the fall and the early season, um, they've gotten in their routine. They've they've got their schedule sort of figured out. They got their coat. Everything's in place. Nothing is unfamiliar to them, except for the fact that this is fifty four holes and no cut. But they have reps under the belt in actual professional tournament golf that I think could benefit them in a week coming in early in the season here for Live. Yep, 100% agree. Just to go back on Peters, he did finish sixth in Dubai and missed the cut in Abu Dhabi. That was the two starts he's had in 2023. Um, and uh, I was going to look at Munoz because I feel like we haven't seen Munoz a lot either this year. Uh, Sebastian. Yeah, him and Mito were kind of like the early rumored names versus like Steele, who we just found out about. So it felt like they weren't really playing some of those events because it had, it had probably already been sort of set in stone. So he played the Amex, finished 41st, missed the cut at the Farmers, 42nd at the Saudi International. So, I mean, he's got some reps under his belt too, I guess, to start off the year. Um, I, I'm very – let's can I just – I mean, this is – normally we would be much more organized. I just want to skip straight to Brendan Steele. I told you, I'm a, I'm a, he's my abuser and I love him. 
65. Dude, and look at this. Like, I don't always put a lot of weight into this, but Data Golf has his odds at roughly 27 to 1. Yeah. Th- that's how they're that's handicapping this. Based bright on, green on that screen, which you don't normally I've never see in the outright that. market. <laughs> I've never seen that shade of green on. on it's almost on, always red on there. Yeah, yeah. on Data Golf site. Um, that is 65 to 1 is ridiculous. I mean, look at Munoz right below him, actually. 65 to 1. They have Munoz at 33. Yeah. Um, and these are guys who, yeah, have, have been, have already played this PJ Tour season. They're doing the same thing with Danny Lee at 100 to 1. Um, he's mm-hmm. 55. Danny Lee's got a tremendous record at Mayakoba. Tremendous record. Do you know this? Have you seen? What's he looking like? Uh, by the way, uh, Brendan Steele, he's played here. Brendan Steele's played here six times and he's, he's done okay. Uh, Danny Lee, if you're looking on Fantasy National, by the way, and you're searching these guys, you have to look up Mayakoba for the last year or two, and then you type in OHL to get the rest. So he finished. Look at Brendan Steele's difference in Bet Online and DraftKings. Where, like what he's is 28 it? to 1 on one book and 65 to 1 over on DraftKings. Dude, and this is kind of like this is kind of the wild, wild west of live in the betting space, is there is gonna be Thing, there are things you can probably take advantage of as a better. There's, there's edges, you know? Um, yeah. He finished, Danny Lee finished seventh here in 2021. Dude, check this out. Last played here in 2021, finished seventh. Before that, 26th, runner-up, 25th, third, and miscut. So a runner-up, a third, a 26th, a 25th, and a seventh in his last six attempts at the OHL and he's a hundred to one. What is he on? Uh, what's his difference on? Where'd he go? Am I missing him? Where's Danny Lee? Oh, there he is. He's 45 to one on bet online. DraftKings giving you a hundred to one. I wonder if that's, should we double check that? Like maybe it's not updated or something. That seems outrageous. I'll try to bring it up on my other screen here. It does seem like a big jump. There's a lot of those on there. Um, all right. What about this mid-range? So I, I wanted, yeah. I think like everyone, right? I wanted to kind of bet Abe Answer, obviously coming off the win, and he, his course history at Mayakoba is fantastic. Yeah. Um, you have sort of the narratives of just wanting to play well in, in Mexico or whatever it is. Um, you can't bet him 11 to 1. I no. don't feel like, you know. Not no. when Cam Smith is there, basically the same number. No. Two different players. I agree. Um, I like this range of, I don't, I wish the number was a little bit better on Mito, but I'll tell you who I took DB mm-hmm. 30 to one on Brooks Kepka. Stop. I did. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, all right, here's my thing. I think there's a mystery always around Brooks, right? And a lot of it like comes down to health. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that he's healthy now. I love the fact that he got back with um, it was at the Boston events where he ditched his coach. He went back to Claude Harmon, the third, mm-hmm. who he won all four major championships with. And he won um, about a month later in Singapore. Now he won a live event. I get there's criticism yeah. there. I get he played horrible in a couple of Asian tour events, whatever it's Brooks. Um, I also think that on the whole, I think he's the third best player that Liv has on their roster. I think it's DJ, Cam, and I think Brooks is the third best player that they have. 
Um, you could argue Joaquin Neiman, but I think when Brooks is healthy and finds a little bit of a swing, yeah. um, he's the guy that can go out there and compete at all four major championships. We know this. Um, and it's a 30 to one on Brooks at a shortened field. Um, I'm gonna I'm okay betting that. I mean, Brooks and Bryson was frankly a huge number this week as well. Um I, I would, took Brooks. Yeah, I'd much I rather have Louis. Brooks, Brooks and Bryson. Did, yep. Louis was my other one. Louis? What what's his number? I didn't see his number. I got thirty three to one earlier today on Louis. So he's thirty five on DK. Uh, at least Data Golf's reporting him at thirty five and bet online at thirty three. Um, you know, with Brooks, here's what I think about Brooks. He is getting so much shit about the Netflix his Netflix episode. And you know, if you think like Brooks isn't very active on social media, but if you think Brooks doesn't pay attention to social media, like the dude is an egomaniac. He he is. He yeah. I guarantee you, because he is the one that's gonna say he doesn't care, he doesn't read it, he doesn't look at it, he doesn't he doesn't read the headlines, he doesn't read the tweets. He he's gonna he's say lying. that. He is lying. He reads yeah. all of it. He looks at all of it. He looks at all of Kyle Porter's tweets. He looks at all of their tweets, <laughs> right? He cares. He cares when they're talking about him. He searches his name. I guarantee you. And I bet you he's found a new little, little motivator. I mean, I could see him finding that as, as an extra little bit of motivation that he needs. And we all know that all Brooks needs is a little motivation. Like, that, that's why he was so motivated at the majors. Really? I mean, so unless he's hurt, that's, that's, the, only, that's the only issue. I don't think he's hurt. Probably um, not. He's been off for months, right? Yeah, he hasn't golfed in months. Yeah, he's, he's had a lighter schedule. He's been practicing. Um, I look like it's just an upside thing for me. This thing's it's hard to motivation is always a thing with Brooks, and we would always talk. He was like the one player we would always talk about on the PGA Tour events. Like, does he want to be here? Like, yeah. we wouldn't say that about anybody else, but we'd say it about Brooks. Um, you kind of have those question marks that you could bring up, and we don't know the answer, but you could bring that up about anyone in this field, Yeah. right? Yeah. So it's not really a downgrade in the sense to Brooks. You could say that about Cam. You could say that about DJ. Does he Has he been practicing? Does he really care about you know winning Mayakoba? Um, but so I think the 30 to 1, I'm, I'm okay with it. Um, I do think that we will see a – I talked to Feinberg earlier this week. He thinks we're in for a 2.0 run of Brooks. Look, we see it with everybody. We're kind of seeing it with Jason Day now. We're seeing it with Ricky. We're seeing it with – like to think that Brooks isn't going to have a period where he's healthy and figures it out again and, and is being able to compete at major championships I think is, is short-sighted. And I do think that there were parts of the Netflix special that I – feel like he broke a wall down and gave us a side of him that we haven't seen. Yeah. And then like two minutes later, he would put up the fake like Brooks that you could just like see was so um, fraudulent, uh, yeah. really. Like when he acted like he didn't know who won the Masters and, yeah. you know, it, it, things like that. But also how much it hurt him to, to not play well. Like, yeah. I think we, a lot of people would say like, he didn't care about golf. Like you could really see in there, um, that he wants to play well and he's motivated by winning and winning only. Um, so yeah, I, 31, I, that's the bet I took. I'm a little interested on the, the bet online number would be better. Um, it's 45 to one. Speaking on another newcomer that's at least played on the PJ Tour this year, Dean Burmester, 
50, yeah. fourth. I mean, he made the cut in all three events. His best finish was at Torrey at T37, but 54th at Amex, 37th at Torrey, 41st at the Pro-Am. And I would argue the Amex and Pebble Beach probably not great golf courses for uh, Dean. And, and this one may not be the best right. one on the rotation either for him, but hits it a freaking mile, can definitely score. He's, one of, he's, a, he's a tremendous player, 63rd in the world golf ranking. Um, you know, uh, I think he's a... He's a winner, multiple winner, maybe on the on the DP World Tour, or at least one time winner. No, multiple winner. Yeah, multiple winner on the DP World Tour. So, I mean, that guy's that guy's interesting at forty five to one. I kind of like him. Yep. Um, who else we got on there? Um, I talked about Louis briefly. I don't. Yeah. Same thing with Brooks. I think that he's when he's playing well is one of the better players that they have on their roster. Didn't play well all of last season, but I mean, I can't. I'm not ready to write him off at having 13 more points on the odds board than Mito Pereira. Like this isn't really a shot at Mito, but you can't list me, you know, a Mito at 20 to one and Sergio Garcia at 20 to one and Taylor Gooch at 22 to one. And then give me Louie at 33 and expect me not to bet. it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I agree with you on Louis. I think the Louis number is interesting. We saw the South Africans have a pretty good year last year. I think those, those boys, those boys played with a little chip on their shoulder, too. Um, yeah. I like, okay, so scrolling down the board a little bit more, I like Jason Kokrak's a little sneaky. 50 to 1 on DraftKings. Data Golf's giving you a little, a little, uh, little green. Let me, let me see here. Data Golf's giving you a little green shade up here up top on Jason Kokrak. They have him at 40 to 1. Kokrak played the OHL Classic at Mayakoba four times in 14, 15, 16, and 17. Finished 45th, 15th, 17th, and 16th. We know he's a ball striker. We know he can make birdies. He can score. He can do his thing. I mean, the guy's a three-time PGA Tour winner. Um, in, in, you know, yeah. So I, I think Kokrak at 50-1 to is interesting. Um, who else? Steele. Steele is automatic. I've already talked about him. 65. I like Steele. I'm going to make that bet when we get off here. I wonder what Bubba's going to – I wonder if Bubba's uh, – so when I thought I, about that, yeah, when I was in Miami, the the round I walked with HV three, and I, I walked in the ropes with these guys, like I was front, I was up close and personal. So I saw everything, I heard everything. Bubba was cleared at that point to hit shots, full shots, but he could not. He, he they were not allowing him to hit his driver because he would do he would go too hard. But he, the full shots he was hitting were pretty good, and I mean that was in. October was that so I mean I, I would imagine he's probably ready to go but it's been a little bit since he's played some tournament golf uh data golf has him at 49 to 1 DK has him at 70 seems interesting it's Bubba right he's gonna he's gonna be like look he hasn't played golf in like a year like he's gonna be fired up to play yeah yeah, that's true. He's got, his, he's got his new team. He's launching. He's a captain. He's probably the what, you know the highest odds of any of the captains on here. Uh, but yeah, it, 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 look, I can see an avenue toward the one guy um, all the way down in bomb range. You're gonna make. You're, I already know you're gonna make fun of me for this one. Um, 180 to one, Cameron Tringale. No, dude, I would not make fun of you for that. 180 to one. Is that that's real? What the, that's what this is showing right here. I don't see it. I'm looking at bet online. And he's 80 to one, 180. So, so here's, here's some insight. I go to get fitted by this guy in Jupiter for, for new irons. This is two weeks uh, last Friday, last Friday. Um, 
and I've never had a good golf club fitting experience, but this guy came highly recommended. He's like, he's got pictures. I go in there of Ernie Els and all these guys that he fitted for clubs. So he was legit. Right. And I started talking to him about what I do. And and I was like, we were basically talking about how it's amazing how many PGA tour players like are sort of unaware of a lot of the strokes gain data and stats and where they're not good and where they are good. And he was like, you won't believe this a month ago. I had Cam Tringale in here and he was playing the he was like he was playing the most amateur set of fitted clubs I'd ever seen in my life. He's like all of his weights and lies were totally off and he's wondering why he wasn't playing well and I fixed them and he was like it was amazing. The guy was absolutely flushing it and like telling me I'm a savior and all this stuff and Stop. I was like okay I put a note in my mind right then. I'm like, I'm betting Cam Tringale if I go. And then I see 180 to one. He ain't that bad. Dude, 180 is crazy. Listen, I mean, I, you and I have been doing this long enough. We have bet Cam Tringale at 50 to one uh, in PGA yeah. Tour events. Like, and, and we've always, we've been waiting on the dude to win for forever. He's got three runner ups. He finished third at Torrey Pines last year. What's crazy is your boy said that. And he's known as a flusher, like he's known as an as an iron god. What in the world? Like, did he did he I get know. a set at play it again sports? How, how did that even happen? <laughs> now his his Mayakoba history is terrible. He's he's made three of, that. three of seven cuts, but whatever. Like that doesn't. God dang, dude! One hundred eighty to one is a hundred percent a click. There is zero chance I'm making fun of you on that. Yep, there's 54 players here, and uh, is he? Is he? I think he's a crusher. Is he on your favorite team? Hell, if I know, but I mean, <laughs> dude, uh, hold on. No, he's not a crusher. I got the teams pulled up here. Uh, oh, oh, he's on Phil's team. He's a I high think, flyer. Right? He's a high flyer. He's a high flyer with, yeah, with my boy right. Brendan Steele. God, I may just go balls deep into high flyers with Tringali and Steele this week and just let it ride. Let's pull up the team odds. All right, let me. Oh, I don't have the team odds. Where? Oh, you have the team odds. I have them up. Let me try to share my okay. screen right here. Give me just one second. Golly, 180 is crazy. That's crazy. And you know he's going to win a live event. And then everybody's going to be like, oh, we waited on your ass for 10 years to win on the PGA Tour. You couldn't get it done, which is true. I mean, he owes me a lot of money. Dude, in all seriousness, at 181, if I put like five bucks on that and he wins, I I literally now I'm in the black with Cameron Trinkali. Yeah. Um, do you have to? I tried sharing it. Oh, oh yeah, to? yeah. Here it is. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. So here's what we got for team odds. This is through Bet Three. Can you zoom in on it a little bit at all? That's so so small. Yeah. Let me try to zoom in. Um, they're also up on Bet Online, by the way, if you have an account over there. Um, but the Fireballs favorites. They. they I actually. Um, this is my favorite team. I think that I, there would be uh, really? my favorites to win the whole thing. They're they're deep, man. They got the like the, to win this the, week or just like to be good all year. I guess this. I week, think to be good all year. To be good all year. Really? Yeah, Chikara's awesome. Um, Sergio Chikara is, is awesome. Yeah, Chikara's awesome. Sergio, answer Ortiz. They're pretty good. The Aces definitely took a hit losing Gooch, man. I think U lines a. I think U lines a. I think he's. Yeah, but Uline was like He's number average. in like whatever the points race was last year in Live. He was like number three or four. The the cliques are terrible. 
The cliques are the worst. The cliques. Um, where's uh the high flyers? Took where's Kevin Nas team is the worst. Te- the Kevin Nas team yeah, is terrible. My God, they, terrible. they are awful. You can write the bottom three teams off. I think um, the Majestics. I don't know. I mean, West. They got it's a bunch sneaky. of old guys. Yes, it's, yeah, but you wouldn't. You wouldn't. You wouldn't do it. The Crushers yeah. are kind of kind of okay. Honestly, the Range Goats, dude. The Range Goats are. They're deep. They're, they're deep. deep. All four guys are good because, I mean, most of these teams, you can't – there's all, there's one guy that you kind of look at. I mean, Smash would be incredible without freaking, you know, Chase. brother Chase tagging yeah. along. Um, I like how they picked up Wolf, though. Wolf is a great pickup. Yeah, Wolf is a good pickup for Smash. As good as Mark Leishman and Cam Smith are, I mean, Matt Jones and Jed Morgan just aren't, aren't going to get it done. The, yeah, it, what about Torque? They got a couple of new players. They like yeah. they got Neiman, obviously, and then they added Mito and Munoz, which I think are good pickups. It just still feels like the one guy. I don't even know who David Puig. I don't even know about the guy. I didn't do. Yeah, that. Puig was like at one point the number one amateur, I think. Um, mm, oh, so he's a young guy. Uh, oh, guy. you know what? I just noticed the guy. Oh, damn, he got booted. So when I when I walked that round with HV three. Um, James Piot, who's on the High Flyers, and who was the other young guy? He was he was there. I, we walked, and he's not he's not on any team right now. Ogletree? No, he went to Clemson. I think he went to Clemson. What was his name? Gosh, huh. dang. Cantor. I think Cantor nope. got booted. No, nope. this guy was an American young kid. Cantor was a uh, wasn't he Aussie? Live hmm, yeah. off. Um, God, what was his name? Oh, Turk Pettit. He's gone. Oh, yeah. Turk Petty. Yeah, he did get booted. I mean, you got to know, like, if you're James Piot, you know, you're on a short leash, brother. I just feel like. Yeah, so are. what happens to these guys? You I think? don't know. Like, and that's they... when I think they need to communicate better. Like, I, I. Yeah, I don't know. You know what the biggest miss is, I think, is the DP World Tour is just content with getting absolutely bent over by Jay Monahan and the PGA tour. And this was like a godsend for them. Like the fact that they like, okay, we're going to have, we're going to like their PGA tour is like, we're going to co-sanction events with you. Okay, cool. We're going to do the Scottish open. Everyone plays the Scottish open anyways. That's not like a benefit to the DP yep. world tour. And they're doing nothing over here. Like the Honda would be a great one to be like, okay, let's do it. We're not going to host a DP world tour. Let's make that a co-sanctioned event. We're doing nothing for them in the States. Like their move, in my opinion, was to be like, we'll take the live guys. Yeah. You imagine their viewership numbers and attendance numbers, how they would spike if they had Reed and Brooks and DJ and Cam and Bryson and Sergio, if they just brought them on to all their events. Um, and I think the only thing holding them back is the PGA tour is like, no, you can't do that or else we're going to like not support you yeah. but they don't support them anyways they take they want to take all their good players they've been bending them over like i said for the last 15 years um this was like i would love to see these guys be able to get into some of those events yeah that could have been good i mean i don't know what i don't i don't understand enough about the relationship or how things work on the pj tour and and the priority rankings you know and all that i, I don't understand enough about how all that works to to be able to truly say how complex it may be but uh, I do agree. It looks like they they may have missed an opportunity. Uh, I was looking on these teams again, though. So I got two teams. I think if I were going to bet on a team, I like the odds, the number on either Torque at six to one because you get the 
you know, you, you get the Latino flair and, and yep. the studs, and those guys are going to want to do their thing in, in Mexico. Um, even though I don't think any of them are from Mexico, right? They're, none of them are. I don't know where David Puig is from, but you get the Latino vibes, right? Um, but the next one would be Smash at 9-1. to one. Like nine to one. That's the best odds, I think. Nine to one for that team. God dang it, Chase Kepka. But for that team is interesting. The range goats are, are intriguing, but Bubba's a big question mark, you know? So Bubba's the worst player on their team, I think. Yeah. Uh, I agree. Depending, I mean, they've got Harold, they've got Gooch, and they've got Peters. Like yeah. Gooch and Peters are the two best pickups of this whole sort of switch around, I think. Um, so yeah. so that's good. They've got Harold and and you know, if Bubba can play well, that's a that's a deep roster of like all four of those guys could be like top fifteen in this event. Yep, I agree. Um, you know, you know, Pat Perez has won at Mayakoba before, so I wonder. I know. Past Pal and Pat, dude. I wonder. Yeah, past. I, I wonder what he's been doing. Like, I mean, dude, you I were in, you were borderline embarrassing last year. Like, can you can you pick it up a little bit? Like, act like you give a little bit. Like. You know what I mean? Like maybe, maybe he. What if, if there was ever a time to think that Pat might play well this year? Maybe this is it at Mayakoba with Pat Palin, baby. I don't know. But then again, yeah. it's Pat Perez. Um, I don't think he. Can. Old boy had himself a year. He had himself a good time as someone who stayed at Live Golf Miami for the the Chain Smokers show. Uh, Pat Perez had himself a good time on that stage. Yeah, he had a little, he had you, a little gritty going on too. Oh, he had the gritty going. He had a little gritty going across the stage. Yeah, the people were loving it. He was spraying people with champagne. He was having oh, a time. Wow. I don't think I like Pat Perez very much, but <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's probably all I got on the teams. Uh, you know, I, I, the the South African team maybe to another kind of sneaky. Yep. Uh, Burmese are a good ad. Like if you look at the fourth player on each team. Um, that's where I like Burmese. So that's why I yeah. like Peters being your fourth. Like when you've got Kepka or Puig or, you yeah. know, Danny, uh, Jed Morgan, Jed Morgan. Yes. Sawan Kim is the one on Ironheads. That's, that's, gonna I don't even know who down. that is, dude. Dude, that's, um, I had a viral TikTok on that guy last year because he shot like a 84 in a round one of a live event. And then he shot like a 68 the next day or something. Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. Uh, all right dude well um what do you think you want to look at DraftKings? uh yeah you want to pull up some dfs here let me let me yeah let's let's just look kind of look at the pricing we'll kind of talk through each range and then um i mean first of all you got the damn yeah i mean the contester the contests are are bleak um yes but let's just let's just let's just do a lineup here uh let's see where am i Oh, really? Hold on. They're going to make you put in your social on the screen. Why, why is it doing that? <laughs> Hold on. Come on, DK. You don't do me like that. I was just in here. Do you, do you have to do that? Do you, I mean, I feel like I have to log into DraftKings all the damn time. I have to log in. I never got hit with that, like the phone yeah, number. Yeah, what was that? Stuff. I didn't even. Okay, now I'm in and it didn't ask me any of that. Um, all right, let me pull this up, pull this back up, get rid of that, share my screen. Okay. Um, okay. So DJ 11, eight Neiman, this is, this is your, 
this is your your deal here. Um, I mean, we don't want to bet on answer, but answer's probably. I think I was just gonna say. I think we start with answer. It's not a bad play. Huh? Fifteen hundred savings off DJ. Yeah, and he's like what, like another point on the odds board. I like that. Can we scroll? I just want to go to the bottom. I just want to go straight to the bottom. Yeah. See, here's the five. Here's the five names we were just talking about that are all yeah. dead weight. I mean, Phil, Phil. at sixty two hundred. I also dead love weight. how. Unless you came over from the PJ Tour, you've made all your cuts. If you played, yeah, <laughs> that's great. Keimer <laughs> seven for seven. Keimer's another yeah. weak captain. What happened to that team? Yes, yeah. I mean Phil is kind of tempting at sixty two hundred. I'll be honest, but Cam Tringali. I mean, new new. Right, uh, he got rid of the plate against Sports Irons. Let's put him in. I mean, where's or, Brendan Steele? We got Brendan. Steele. Or you have coarse horse Danny Lee, dude. I mean, okay. You know what I mean? Like the dude. What'd he do? He shot a couple, I don't know. I mean. Okay, top 20 at, at, at the uh, Amex. Played well at Sony. You got Chikara. Uh, let's see where Steel is. Steel 74. You know what? I'm not going to make, I'm not going to make us, I'm not going to make us put Steel in this lineup. It's, okay. Uh, he's a little higher priced than I thought he would be. That's kind of shocking. Munoz is right there at 76. I do think we need to have a couple of guys that just came over. Burmester, man, that's kind of high for. I mean, I guess I don't love Burmester. I think we put Lee in there. Put uh, go course history, Danny Lee. Yeah, then we got a lot of money. Yeah, we do eighty nine hundred. Um, we don't have to worry about the missed cut, so so yeah, we could roll with Steel. Um, the Kokrak, I, I, I kind of like Kokrak. I like Burmester. Um, Louis in there. I like Louis too. Yep. You like Louis? You want Louis? Let's do Louis. And I also like Kokrak. What does that give us? 99. So we could jump up. Oh, yeah. We're, yeah. So oh, yeah. I don't want Gooch. I don't want Casey. We got Peters, Sergio. Peters or Brooks? Oh, gosh. Um, I mean, I think, I think I go, I think I go Peters. I think so too for DraftKings, yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, I mean Bryson, what a fall for for old Bryson. Uh, I know this. I don't know if he still is, but he was forty-five to one in this event, which is which is crazy because he basically was playing terrible last year and yeah. 16, yeah. 16 to twenty to one were like the best odds you were getting on him at any live event last year. You know, we didn't even talk about. The, the, the real course horse at Mayakoba is Carlos Ortiz. The dude has a runner-up last year, a runner-up in 2020, and a T8 in 2021. Carlos Ortiz loves this place. Now, the price is, uh, is no bueno, but um, he does love this place. We haven't talked about him, so I feel like we had to get that out of there. Okay. So there we go. There's, our, there's the joint lineup, me and Joe. Tour picks and DB. Combined, love it, man. DraftKings lineup. This was a ton of fun. Um, I like talking about. I I like these guys, man. They got characters. They got yeah. names that are fun to talk about. Um, they've got odds for team. They've got odds for individuals. They've got DraftKings stuff. So I do think that um, it's important and noteworthy to cover. And uh, yeah, it was awesome to do it with you, buddy. It was, man. It was a lot of fun. You're right. I mean, they do have. I mean, we talked about the guys that we really like and that we've gotten used to handicapping, but we also didn't talk about. The villains that are here and i mean i talked yeah. about bryson but p reed and and uh and bryson i mean brooks to to an extent you can't tell me that these guys aren't interesting 
They are. Right. Um, and they're still very good at golf. And I don't know what the future holds for Liv. You know, I, I, obviously the world golf ranking points is a huge situation. If they don't get that, they're done. Um, but yeah. I, they do still have some of the best players in the world playing on this thing. They don't have as many as they said they were going to get. And I don't think they're going to get a whole lot more. Um, yep. I, I just, yeah, I, they didn't really get that top 20 name. They were kind of swimming around. They weren't able to land. But, you know, they, they picked up some solid depth. They've, they have good pieces. The team element is a good idea. Um, the, the coverage is actually quality. Like, it's on YouTube. Right? So I'll be interested to see how that transfers over to the CW. Yeah. So that'll be something that that'll be interesting to sort of monitor this week, but whatever they call it, the, the Peloton or the pylon, whatever's the scoreboard, like there's, they show you a lot of golf shots, which we asked for a lot of the things that we bitch about, about the PGA tour from a coverage standpoint, um, they have made an effort to kind of check that box and, and we'll see if we see any improvements this year. I mean, at the same time, and, and thanks, thanks to them in a way, like hasn't the PGA tour coverage been way better this year? I mean, it definitely yeah. has. So it, it's improved. It's improved that uh, it's improved from that side. Um, dude, I don't know. I, I, I honestly, I got to check on the CW. I don't know that I have the CW. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was just thinking that too. <laughs> now that you mention it, because I mean, I think yeah. everyone has it, but I have no idea what channel it is. It is kind of strange because, like, in, in a lot of ways, we talked about it up front. In a lot of ways, the way they run their tournament, the way they brand, is very built towards the young, young audience. And I just feel like the young audience is more likely to find you and watch you on YouTube than they are on the CW. But, I mean, being on TV is still, like, a thing to, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know. Yeah. But I, I may not, I may not have the CW. <laughs> like I, I, mean, I, I have YouTube TV. I don't even, I don't Me watch too. a lot of TV. I got. Is that what you got? Yeah. That's what I got. I think we got it. We've just never once turned it on. Dude. I mean, if I saw like a Buffy, the vampire slayer on there, I would have turned that on. Like Sarah Michelle Geller, total dime in her day. Uh, maybe even a Smallville rerun. I used to watch that stuff. I feel, like, Hill. I feel like I would have noticed it, but I guess I guess not. All right, dude. Well, an hour and two minutes on Live Golf Mayakoba. We we covered a Got little it. bit of the fun yeah. stuff from the tour. We covered the odds, DraftKings. Um, it was a pleasure to do it with it you. I hope that you guys all uh, enjoyed the show, and we'll be back uh, in a few weeks. You know, they take a couple weeks off, so we'll be back for for event number two. Um, hopefully, we can hit a winner. And best of luck to all you guys out there. From DB, I'm Joe Idoni at Tour Picks at tour underscore junkies. Give us a follow. Give us a like. Give us a subscribe. Uh, We're out of here. Peace, guys. See you.